Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. We're here on a workout Wednesday. It's a good one today. So I'm gonna give a little quick brief overview. We got this uh, little poster presentation that no, I was not there for in person, but I stumbled across in some research recently. And it did a uh, short pilot study looking at the effect of loading single limb versus double limb in a jumping exercise. And more importantly, while there have been numerous studies out there similar to this, as far as showing effects of differences, this one showed intensity of the effort, and in addition to intensity, it also showed and developed force output. And so this is great because we've got numbers to represent this for, hey, we've got athletes doing single limb versus double limb movements, and at least for a maximal effort where there is a output, right? There's an output about, hey, we've got a jump height. And so with given maximal effort for some kind of external factor, how much can we expect? This is very different than taking somebody load up under the bar for a very specific amount of weight that's pre-classified. Very different than that. This is, hey, it's a jumping effort. There's a plyometric component to it. There is, um, you know, the way that the tensile forces go. And most importantly, it's about you're trying to jump as high as you can. So it's cued for max effort. Now, do some of these thresholds and principles apply for non-maximal efforts? They absolutely do. However, I can't guarantee that the numbers line up the same. So we talk about the numbers today, and I'm going to boil it down. I'm going to keep it real, real simple. We're looking at maximal activity in a plyometric type activity, single limb versus double limb. And this is under the assumption that for a double limb, both limbs are loaded equally, 50%, 50%. So this would be something like a jump squat for maximal height or maximal explosiveness, reactivity timing, whatever it is that you're training that recruits a maximal effort. So we've got a whole bunch of formulas, a whole bunch of advanced stuff that I'm not gonna get into because at the end of the day, if you're for specificity for sport, yeah, it might be important to base it very slightly more based on kinematics, but I'm going to tell you what the numbers boil down to. When we get an athlete doing a jump, double leg, max vertical height jump, max output, and this is after practice trials where they get used to it. We get the force output for each leg, individually and collectively together. Again, and this was shown when it was 50% equal equal. So when more dynamic loading activities where you might be going up for a dunk and you're kind of going one foot after the other, and it's not 50-50, but there's a percentage of load in transition, can't guarantee that we can um, apply this the same way. But if you look at the percentage loading and at what point it's single limb and double limb, I'm sure there are other formulas we can use to calculate and even estimate that, which would be pretty damn cool. So we can say, hey, here's our training threshold for these very sport-specific activities, whether it's a, a volleyball hit going up for the spike, whether it's a basketball dunk, um, 
whether it's a you know a wide receiver kind of explosively jumping and lunging to catch a ball it's got some pretty cool implications out there um, for saying hey maybe we estimate the force output that they need other than basing our percent maxes for training based on force plate data in the future when they're going through these dynamic plyometric movements um, and you know some of the ESPNs force sciences or things like that and so I think there's a really awesome implication for this I think we're a long way from implementing it significantly um, in clinical life and sports life just for access for this equipment and at the end of the day maybe it only matters more for elite athletes but it's a pretty damn cool way to track progress before its output pretty damn cool way of showing hey maybe we can gauge a better you know overall load of volume training optimal especially for in season right so how many reps should you be doing in season when it's more skill based you know maybe we're at a certain point where we are at a total cumulative volume within a training session below an anaerobic um, but below the lactic threshold however we're at promoting enough recovery time but the individual bouts of explosiveness are obviously building up lactic acid so how can we promote recovery best for skill-based explosive training in season i think there are some awesome implications for that but getting back to the ratio and out of my side tangents double leg equal weight bearing that's just a force output that it was now if we compare what a single leg output was for the double leg activity here's what i mean you jump with two legs and whatever the force output for the right side was we take that number as well as intensity right other than approximately one number is 1.62 one number is 1.67 i'm going to keep a simple call about 1.6 be a conservative measure the output when you do a jump with just a single leg so just a single leg jump let's say on the right foot comparing it again it is 1.6 times the intensity and 1.6 times the force output that you would have versus doing a double leg activity so we know that especially for again applying this to more of the plyometric population plyometric training we've got people where okay they do double leg activity we expect it to be 50 50 balance because guess what it is and then we also expect their one leg at a time when we load single leg to be able to have a force output 1.6 times the amount they did on a single leg for the other or about 0.8 so 80 percent of so one leg should be able to handle 80 percent of what both legs did in totality i bet you there's a lot of people who can't do that I also bet you that there's a lot of people that have asymmetries. Maybe one leg can do that, but the other leg really can't, where they have enough threshold to withstand, hey, I can do double leg, man. I can hit that, right? I can hit that force number, whatever it is. But single leg, maybe my left can hit it, but my right, ooh, that one's lagging behind. That's instead of, you know, being programmed at, you know, let's say the ratios are 1.6, uh, like, like, so 160%. Maybe the right leg isn't great. Maybe it's at 150%, but that ain't terrible. It's not great. But maybe the left leg's all of a sudden at 120%. You might think, oh, it's still more than the other leg, but that's really not enough. And so if we're looking at athletes with a 40% discrepancy, or if we look at the ratio, if we go 150% to 120%, that's a, you know, a one-fifth 
So at 20%, so at 40% total difference between the two, but ratio-wise, a 20% difference between right to left leg for strength, for power output, and applied metric activity. When we look at return to sport criteria even after a surgery, not just for healthy, we need to be nine, at least 90 and probably 95% of the other leg. So if you're going for a 20% deficit for the other leg, you're setting yourself up for big risk. And so again, I think this is huge, not just for, hey, what's your overall strength, but what's the ability of the neuromuscular system to utilize that strength in functional movements and functional positions and activities that you're gonna have during sport. What is sport? Sport is plyometrics, baby. All right, y'all. I'll, uh, in the uh, description section, I'll put the comment in with what the poster was, and I'll give credit by listing the author's last names to them as well. Because again, that work was not my own. That was something that they did. A little poster presentation. Big fan of the work. Um, again, I'm not doing any of the direct research myself yet. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Who the heck knows? Um, I'll probably get a few things going as this side gigs here and there. Because um, again, that's how research is, right? You got a question, you got curiosity, let's find some answers. And in my world, even more importantly, let's apply what the answers give us to say, hey, does this make a clinical difference in how I treat and how I change things and how I look at things? Again, I think for loading, I think for programming, I think that especially more of the elite population or people recovering from injury, I think scaling the force up in a better understand, understanding intensity of load as well as just the totality of volume training and speak measures. All right, y'all. Keep it real. Keep training. Again, take away from this. 1.6 is the number for the ratio, 160%, as well as train one leg at a time. All right, y'all. Simply, not easy.